it took eight years to do that. So we started off building the best possible product we could to teach people how to code. You know, so launched that in 2010, and we just poured our hearts into it. What happened is, and we kind of were chatting about this yesterday, is I realized that what we could truly do uh, to change people's lives and grow revenue was we could help companies create talent. Welcome to 14 Minutes of SaaS, the show where you can listen to the stories and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SaaS scale-ups. In this second episode of a three-part mini-series with Ryan Carson, CEO and founder of Treehouse, we talk about how the company evolved from a consumer company to a B2B SaaS company with clients like Airbnb and Home Depot. Ryan also talks about how Treehouse's business model empowers companies to introduce more diversity in a positive and highly profitable way. You love to experiment and innovate. Mm. And you did try a year or two ago, or a couple of years ago, a four-day work week mm. and a bossless environment <laughs> yep. in Treehouse. Uh, I think that was an admirable initiative. Why do you think it didn't quite work out for you? Well, um, like a lot of what I do, it's based off of naive optimism, which is a good and a bad thing. Yeah. Um, so the, the thought was, well, um, let's talk about the no manager thing. Um, the theory was, well, I know people are kind of inherently good at their core, that's what I believe, and they're gonna try to do the right thing at work, they're gonna try to you know, work hard, they're not inherently gonna be lazy, so why don't we let them manage themselves? You know, all this management stuff, you know, it just <laughs> seems unnecessary. Um, and so we, we said to all the managers, um, do you wanna just go back and do the original job we hired you to do? And they said, some said yes, some said no, and, and they left. Um, and it didn't work. And the reason why is because I didn't understand the value that good managers bring. I had, you know, seen bad managers in my life, you know, as I had been managed by bad managers my whole life. And actually, if you talk to people, whenever I poll people, the percentage of folks that have had bad managers are the majority of people. And a lot of them don't like to say it because they sound like they're trolling or right. something. But it's just the reality sometimes, yeah. yeah. And it's what I learned is, oh, I, I was against bad management, you know, where you're doing micromanagement and you're not being helpful and you're kind of being punitive and and um, and that's all bad management. Bad management. But it turns out that people need good managers because they need support, they need feedback, um, they need someone you know who is helping them train and learn and achieve their goals. And they also don't want to be communicating with other departments all day about what's going on. So there's all this connective tissue that managers do. So what we did is um, we eventually kind of called it and said, this is not working. Uh, we can't coordinate and, and scale and launch projects in, a, in an efficient way because no one is really coordinating anything. People are not getting taken care of you know, with feedback and support. And, and there's no one-on-ones happening, so no one's able to like say, I'm struggling with this thing, you know, help me with it. So we called it and said, okay, we're done with that. Um, and we're gonna train up managers, and we used a very simple podcast um, called oh. Manager Tools. Oh. And it's actually free. Um, and so they have a, a series called the Manager Tools Trinity, I think it is, 
that's three basic concepts and it's free. So we actually started training everybody in that. Really wow. simple. You should be having one-on-ones weekly with your directs. The one-on-one is all about your direct, you know, how you doing, what problems you're having, how can I unblock things for you. Um, and then the second thing you have to do is feedback. And feedback is very different than what we think of. It's, it's direct and it's quick and it's based on behavior. So, um, you know, it's like, all right, Stephen, when you uh, frowned at the client when they walked in the room, <laughs> they probably thought you didn't want to be in the meeting. Um, can Good. you work on that? And so you're not saying, when you're grumpy in the meeting, because like, people say, I'm not grumpy. Yeah, that's, that's kind of judgmental as opposed to an observation right, of something you, you can approve. Right, yeah. and, and, um, and so, but you also give a lot of feedback, so you give 80% positive feedback. Hey, Stephen, when you uh, smiled at the client when they came in, it definitely communicated that we're excited to be here. Can yeah. you, thanks, you know. <laughs> Great. Um, so, and then the third is you have to be able to delegate. So, train our managers, and after you did that, you know, saw a big turnaround. The other issue, okay, let's try to work 32 hours a week. Um, my wife and I started doing that in 2006. Ah. So we, we had done it for 10 years when we stopped in 2016. Wow. So it was a very long experiment. Um, and at first it was easy because my wife and I worked, we started Treehouse together and we thought, well, you know, it's just us. You know, who wrote the rules and said you had to work five days? You know? yep, yep. We could get our work done in four. Um, and we did, so we did that for you know, 10 years. Um, but not everyone can do it, I guess. No, it, I think in the end what we realized is, uh, you know, Treehouse is in a very competitive environment. There is a lot of companies that are closing the skills gaps, you know, and training people on how to code. And, and in order to win, which means accomplishing our mission, which means helping people, we would need to work more, at least normal hours. Plus, uh, I, I guess your clients would have a special relationship with some members of staff. Yeah. And if they ring on that day, that person's out. It, it's, a, it's an unnecessary disconnect, right. I guess. Yeah. And they think, where are you? <laughs> Why yeah. are you not working on Friday? Right. Yeah. So we basically, um, that was tough to change that. I mean, okay. you know, people had built it. They loved, they loved it, right? Everyone loves it. And, and, and it's yeah. not my employee's fault sure. for, for enjoying the four-day work week or wanting it to stay. Um, they're not bad people. You know, they are not lazy, but I think every human gets used to uh, things in their life that are nice. You know, just I, I have clothes on, that's nice. Yeah. If I didn't have clothes, you know, I would be stressed, but I, I'm actually really privileged and I don't even think about it. Yeah, so yeah. So same with, you know, the four-day work week. My employees, including myself, became privileged about that. Sure. And so when we had to roll it back, it was tough, you know, on the culture. Um, I, I guess it was probably a decision to kind of slowly grow a lifestyle business or scale something that could change the world, and it's yeah. probably difficult to. It's probably it's probably not impossible, but you know, mm. it, it reduced your chances greatly, didn't yes. it, of succeeding? Yeah, and and you know, it, it also potentially attracted people to the company that were more interested in that versus the uh, mission. Interesting. Um, or so now we we work a very clear forty-hour work week, so we work a normal week. Um, I personally work a lot more than that, but of that's because I'm the founder and I love my job. But, and I'm sure a few fewer employees do that too. Yeah, they, they do. Yeah, you always have some people who yeah. really go for it. Absolutely. So, yeah. um, Your roster of clients is, is really impressive. Uh, Square, you. AOL, Airbnb, Twitter. Um, you know, uh, how, did you, how did you get to that point where you got this, the level of trust that you get from from major enterprises mm. like that. So in other words, tell me the story right. of Treehouse. 
So we, it took eight years to do that. So we started off, um, you know, building the best possible product we could to teach people how to code, you know, so launched that in 2010 and we just poured our hearts into it, you know, everything we had. Um, we have full-time teachers on staff, so, you know, versus our competitors that have, you know, part-time teachers or guest teachers who aren't invested in the long-term success of the student. Whereas we have full-time teachers and they, they literally update the curriculum and monitor their students. So, so we focus very hard at making a great product that works very well. You know, we, we specialize in taking people who have never coded and turn them into developers. Wow. So what happened is we, um, we were a consumer company focusing on selling to consumers and those consumers then went into these businesses. So we had, you know, a new developer, you know, start their, their job at Square or Airbnb, and they would say, hey, I use Treehouse, it's really great. Ah. And so we started to spread Network inside effects. the organization, um, and that really worked. Um, and we do have this amazing you know, list of, of companies that use Treehouse now. But what, what happened is, and we kind of were chatting about this yesterday, is I realized that what we could truly do uh, to change people's lives and grow revenue was we could help companies create talent. Ah. So it wasn't about teaching consumers how to code and then hope that they get jobs. It was the opposite. We go to a, a, a company and say, we can help you win the talent war by creating your own talent. Um, instead of you know, fighting Apple and Amazon uh, and them always recruiting away your best developers because they just have more money and more equity, uh, why don't you invest in creating developers and therefore the talent pipeline is is way longer, it's socially responsible, it's sustainable, it's just better. And so now what we do is uh, we go to companies and we, we say, we can do two things. We can either help you create diverse talent, uh, and w the way we do that is we partner with the Boys and Girls Club uh, to find amazing talent in their neighborhood. So right? cool. Yeah, they don't have to go look in other places or recruit you know, amazing developers who are black or Latinx or women from other companies. Those folks live literally probably in their neighborhood. So you are changing lives already. Yes, That's right. Incredible. So we're literally saying, hey, there's folks right here. Just invest in them. And then we as a school give them the skills they need. And then, uh, and then what we do is we help you plug them in as apprentices. And we run a playbook with you so it's successful. Because that's hard. Yep. But we, we do it for you. And then, uh, and then we help make sure they're onboarded successfully. So you just turn the key and all of a sudden there's local, diverse, creative talent flowing into your company. And then we obviously do some pretty heavy equity, diversity, and inclusion training um, so that those, all those white folks around, uh, you know, pe underrepresented people of color and women that are coming in, that mm. they support them. Because this is another thing I've learned is that because I'm white and the world I operate in is mostly white, it's easy for me. Like, uh, it's not tiring. Sure. to do this conversation. Like, Absolutely. you know, we have ways of speaking that white people speak and it's relaxing to me. Um, but if you're going to an environment where you are not the majority, you're constantly code switching. Yeah. Like, okay, how, how should I say that so they won't think badly of me? Sure. Or how do I, you know, act so I, I'm not, you know, judged or I'm not given the promotion? It's just so tiring. Yeah. Cultural, I've learned. Cultural sensitivity, it's, it's, it's difficult, yeah. Yeah, and I, I haven't had to do that, but those these apprentices will. Yeah. And 
So the mentors need to understand that and actually have empathy for that. So we, we, we help the company do all that. So that's one thing we've done for business now. And we have amazing clients like Nike and Envision and, and Chegg and, and MailChimp. And they're wow. creating diverse talent. Incredible. Then the other thing is, well, you have an amazing talent in your company right now. You just aren't giving them a path to become an engineer. So um, I was just talking to Michelle, actually, about this, that more and more companies are doing this. So Home Depot is essentially going into their stores to the people that work at Home Depot. And, huh. and they say, there's a path for you here to actually be a high-paid uh, engineer. You know, do you want to take that path? And, and of course, folks say, gosh, that's a great path. I'm excited about that. They already work for Home Depot. They're already excited about it. You know, they already onboarded. So that type of career path, that talent path, is just way more sustainable. And so companies understand that. And thankfully, our business is just taking off now because we put in all the hard work for seven years to sure. build the school. Sure. And now we can deliver the, the solution. In the concluding episode of our mini-series, I find out about how Ryan solved his personal tendency to fall early for shiny new ideas. He talks about his various startup successes and failures, and about balancing work and family life in Portland, Oregon. It's really tempting as a founder to pigeonhole yourself into you know, one type of founder, like I'm a product founder, or I'm a sales founder, or I really only do one thing, and I'm gonna hire people to do these other things. I would challenge you to, to realize that early in your company, you're gonna to have to solve all of the problems yourself. And it's important not to abstract away those problems and ask someone else to solve them for you. You've been listening to 14 Minutes of SaaS. Thank you to Ketsu for music provided under a Creative Commons license. This episode was brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins. If you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to share it with your network, subscribe to the series, and give the show a rating. Thank you.